Welcome to the Live the Experience podcast. Hi, my name is Lenny and I'm your host. Welcome back to a new episode of the Live the Experience podcast. It has been some time since we released new episodes, but now I'm back from my holidays and I'm so excited to share new inspiring stories with you every Monday. I'm very curious to see from which part of the world you are joining us. So take a screenshot when you're listening to this episode at your location and tag our Instagram account. You can find a link to our account in the show notes. Now let's talk about today's episode. I invited Aksa to join me for a conversation. Aksa is from Pakistan and she went for seven months to Egypt to do an internship. Back at home, she never had to worry about anything. In her own words, she was spoiled. So she took the bold step to go out of her comfort zone and left for Egypt. In Egypt, she taught English to small children. This journey allowed her to learn a lot about herself and discover her skills to empower others. I hope you enjoyed this new episode and don't forget to share with us in your stories where in the world you are listening to this podcast. Talk to you after the episode. So you're a girl from Pakistan. Um, how did your life look like before you went on your internship in Egypt? Oh my God. It's the question that I've heard, like a lot of people have been asking me before. I was that kind of child who was like sp gold phone sped. Okay. And um, like totally my things were like being done by, by the maids and my mom is like cooking stuff for me. And um, the driver is picking me up and dropping me to the college and stuff. But when I like getting out from my comfort, because that was basically my comfort zone and this was my life in back in my, in my country. And when I'm like flying for Egypt and facing a total different culture, facing a lot of difficulties, I had to do stuff on my own. I was cleaning the dishes on my own. I was doing the laundry on my own. I even had to travel on my own. So it was really hard for me to, I mean, look for a public transport in a place where I don't even know the language. I cannot even communicate with the people. Okay, and I have no idea what I'm going to I'm going to do and how am I going to survive there. So, what what are the what what feelings what went through your mind the first day you came to Egypt and everything is so new and all of a sudden you're on your own and you have to do all these things on your own, complete new experience for you. What what went through your mind then? Okay, so basically when I landed, I had no SIM card, okay, and I did not even know how do I have to communicate with the person who is like there to pick me up. And I waited for that person, okay, and I'm like straight out from the airport and I'm like, I'm waiting for him and my fingers are crossed and I was like, oh my God, what if he's not here and what if he's not picking me up? I don't even know the language. How am I going to go to the hostel? How am I going to meet the people? How am I, I like even going to contact my parents? What am I going to do? I was like so nervous, so nervous and I was like, oh gosh, please help me and I was like so like... My face was like a tomato, okay, and I, I was not blushing, but I was nervous. I was super nervous because it was the first experience that I'm going to have in a different country, basically in a different language country, because I've been traveling before, okay, but in Egypt, it was totally different because of the language, okay, and it was really hard for me that I will be living in a place 
where I don't even know the people. I don't even know the language. So how am I going to cope up with the people? How am, am I going to, you know, I mean, get indulged with the people? How am I? I was having that feeling that what if the guy doesn't show up? So how, how am I going to the hostel? I don't even know anyone. Yeah. And then you also, you, 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 you sign up for a seven month internship, right? So that's also yeah. a long time. So I bet you also thought, wow, I'm going to be seven months here. And what if it stays like this the whole seven months? Um, so how did it, evolve over the the entire experience the seven months well basically when um uh i did not see the guy who was about to pick me up i did not see him and i was like oh shit i'm busted i don't even know what i have to do i am going to you know uh, how am i going to live in this country for seven months when i am not even you know i don't even know where i have to go so but when you know it was like um i am in a desert okay and i don't have a water and i'm like you know i have to quench my thirst and i need the water it was the same situation with me uh, when i was at the airport okay but when i saw the guy who came to pick me up i was like oh my god god gave me another life oh i like i was like i was so excited i was super happy i was super happy And eventually, when I get along with the Isaacers and I, when I get along with the new people in Egypt, I made friends, I get along with the people, I was coping up with the environments and doing every single stuff there. It made me, you know, a sense of a feeling in, my, in, in myself that, you know, I, I am here for some reason and I have to give up my thoughts. I was being like spoon-fed before. So I don't want to be spoon-fed here. I want to face this life as a challenge. Because I can do it, no matter what my life was back in my country, and I am in a different country, so it's not going to last with me forever. Because I have to do things on my own. I have to do stuff on my own. So I took it as a challenge, so it made me overcome it. What have you learned from this, when you look back? There are a lot of things that I learned. The first thing that I learned from this experience was uh, <laughs> being patient. Because, you know, whensoever, even when I used to go for shopping and uh, I'm with my mom and I was like, mom, I need this. I want that. I want to grab all the stuff that I have because I, I was not patient at all. But when I went to this uh, opportunity and I had to face a lot of stuff, I had to face a lot of difficulties. Patience is the thing that you have to be have in you. You know, if you don't have patience, you cannot, I mean, cope with the difficulties You, you will always be negative, even though I'm not saying that I am like, I was totally positive every single time and stuff, though I was negative, okay, I used to have negative thoughts that what if um, like this uh, is not happening, so it might be the cause of something and stuff, you know, a lot of things and hurdles coming in your mind and stuff. Being patient made me a lot more positive, that I have to look towards something in a positive way. No matter what you do, if you are not positive, you cannot succeed because you are going to see things in a different perspective, which like, which are going to turn into a disaster. So positivity and patience are the things that I, you know, indulge, I had in, I got into me and, you know, like I was being indulged with them and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Then let's talk a little bit about culture because i'm i'm very interested in uh the the cultural difference experience you went through okay how was the egyptian culture a big difference to the culture you are embracing in pakistan so uh it's not that you know um not that different but there are a few stuff 
as uh, there are a lot of Muslim people living in Egypt too, and I am also a Muslim, and Pakistani is, you know, Islamic Republic of Pakistan. So uh, the culture, talking to people, indulging to people, you know, is I was being welcomed with this kind of structure from the people there. I was really embar- like embraced with that. And I was really happy and joyful. They were helping me with the stuff. And uh, even when I was taking the transport, you know, you, you like, though they did not know English language, but they, they were still helping me out with the stuff that if I need this and the In Pakistan, it's the same. But, you know, a little, uh, they respect women a lot and a little conservative type of stuff, even though my country is really broad and stuff. And they do even help foreigners and the image is really good and stuff. You know, you're going on with the things and stuff. But in Egypt, it was totally different. They were super friendly, okay? They were super, you know, joyful and happy. I was having a feeling of like uh, that I am in my home and stuff. The first two months were like, uh, you know, I was devastated and I had uh, negative thoughts and I was like desensitized and stuff. But then getting along and moving along with the stuff, it was really, it was really good. It was all because of the people living there. And I, I was like being friends with them, a lot of good friends, and I was hanging out and stuff. So the culture was, you know, not that much different, but a slight different because the people were different there. And I was living in a Muslim community. So like I'm also from a Muslim community. So it was, you know, somehow, somewhat, 50-50 was okay. So far, so good. How about the language then? Okay. Language was a big issue, as I told you that. And uh, language barrier, um, I had to learn the basic stuff there. My In my country, we have the same alphabets. Okay. So it, Egyptian people have the language which is called as Arabic. Okay. So they have the same alphabets. A little or more like, you know, you can say two or three alphabets are missing from their, uh, you know, what do you call it, that alphabet structure. But it was easy for me to read the Arabic language, okay, because we have the same alphabets. But trying to understand that language and uh, trying to, you know, speak was, you know, a sort of a hurdle for me. But like the positive thing or the green flag that I got from the language was I was having the same language uh, structure. I was having the same alphabets in my country. So it was easy for me to learn. Okay, but it was really hard for me to uh, speak. But eventually, you know, when you are speaking a different language, you need a lot of practice. Then only then you can be a better uh, uh, or fluent in a language and stuff. So, you know, somehow, somewhat, I mean, I had a difficulty, but I overcame it because of my friends there and the people I've been like uh, teaching and the adults that I've been teaching, you know, uh, like a symbiosis of relationship that I had with my students. I am teaching them English and they're teaching me Arabic. So this, that's how I overcame the language barrier and the stuff. You you just mentioned your, your teaching students and your relationship with the adults in, in your project. So let's get to, to your internship, the reason, the initial reason why you came to Egypt. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about your uh, teaching internship in Egypt, um, what is your background? So what are you doing in Pakistan? What is your profession? And um, what are you practicing? Okay. So basically, I'm a pediatrician. Okay. And I've been practicing medicine. Okay. I'm a doctor. And on the sideways, okay, I did my master's in English. Okay. I'm teaching kids. 
and t- basically kids mean adults okay sorry for that i'm teaching adults here with the toefl stuff okay and basically teaching them language so the toefl the the, the big english test people yes. can take to get into university yeah. for example and uh, these type of things yeah so basically i teach this I make the students prepare how they exactly have to do this and how they have to cope with the difficulties that they're going to face in the test and what do they have to learn, how do they have to speak, because TOEFL is basically comprehensive, you know. It's not that all like speaking and stuff. So this is how, you know, I do in my country and I dealt with people and this was the basic reason that I optioned for a teaching program in Egypt. So you went on a global talent project, which are... Um, professional internships we offer with Isaac. And you went to Egypt um, to a school to teach English, right? For seven yes, months. Yes, exactly. Explain us a little bit what your project was about and what did a, a, a typical day look for you and what was your responsibility in the school? Okay, basically I was optioned for teaching English to the children who are from the age of two till five. Okay. So, well, that's very young. Yeah, that's super young. And I basically optioned it because uh, being a practitioner, as I told you, I was of the view that it's easy to manage the babies. Okay, it's easy to manage the kids because, you know, you have to just give them a treat and they're going to learn and they're going to be with you and they're going to have a trust in you. And so they're going to listen to you. These were all my false predictions <laughs> that I got to know when I went there. And when I started to teach them, it was really hell of a tough job because you are dealing with the kids. They don't even listen to you and you have to, you know, brag about some stuff. You cannot even yell at them. You have to be patient and you have to listen to them so that they can listen to you. You have to make them trust you. Only then they can listen to you. So my basically job was to teach them English because they are they're not native. Okay, so they don't know the language. But they knew the basics of English. So this is how, you know, I can cope up with them and I can teach them what I have to um, teach and uh, what I was being asked for and stuff. So my motive at that time was to make the students or make the kids indulge and have trust in me so that I can make them listen and make them learn what they are here for and what I've been like there for and what I've been asked for. How did you develop professional skills working with kids? And what did you take back? What type of skills and qualities did you take back to Pakistan? Okay, the qualities that, um, like the professional qualities or the skills that I um, developed during my stay there were the communication skills. As I told you, it was a symbiosis relationship and the visualization. Okay. And the stress that I used to get I had, um, I mean, uh, I was dealing, I, w- I really had a hard time dealing with the stress because uh, <clears throat> the kids were, you know, um, like yelling and crying and you have to make them stop crying, you have to calm them down and you have to make them happy. So first month was like, you know, I have to deal with a lot of stress and I did not know how to manage it. So the stress management was a thing that I developed professionally. And then the teamwork of the organization, okay, It, it helped me the most in developing skills and adaptability when I was planning the adaptability. These were the professional qualities that I developed. Okay. And the thing that I took from this internship back into my country was being positive. Like this project mm. helped me a lot in staying positive. Okay. 
like I am more positive in a day to a day and in general perception. Okay. And I'm more positive for it. Like it helped me grow in two qualities. I specifically believe where I was lacking. One was patience and other was like, you know, taking care of myself entirely, as I told you that before already. So this project like has made me a much more patient person, a calm person and a mature person. I can now listen and relate to people and to listen to their stories and listen to them, you know. Before I was not I, I wasn't at all like this. You know, I was like, okay, okay, come to the point, come to the point, come to the point. But after dealing with the kids, you know, kids demand to be heard. They demand to have a love language okay you cannot i mean ask the kids to okay just be quiet let me just get to the point or just be quiet whatsoever you want i will give it to you no this is not how it works this project helped me a lot this project helped me endorse a lot of qualities and helped me in building my own character with my students identifying myself as a role model how did this internship help you grow as a leader then by empowering me in like i was empowering the students and leadership you know the most important thing that i developed was empowering as i told you that before so leadership was like as i told you when the students are listening to you and when the people are listening to you they are considering you as a leader okay so Overcoming the initial outsider feelings and the barriers, I realized that I could help people in ways other than English. You know, I could empower their minds with experiences that I have, the changes that I've been through, the world, and some million views that they just do not ever need to be narrow-minded. You know, I empowered my students during like this TOEFL thing, as I told you that before, back in my country. And then the people that I met in the global village, there was a global village on 9th of February in Egypt. So global village is just for, for the audience. A global village is a thing you do when you go on an Isaac experience. So all the interns and volunteers come together at the beginning of their experience and share something of their culture at home, right? Yeah, basically it was not something. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Like I'm just uh, elaborating your stuff. Um, so they are depicting their culture, they are depicting their society, and they are depicting what they have learned and what the problems they have. So we are getting along from different countries and we are sharing our experiences. And, you know, it's this interaction, okay, this eye-to-eye interaction that gives you a lot of courage of being confident, that gives you a lot of courage of being empowered. Okay, it's just it's not like when you are getting along in the global village and you are just like sharing your uh, experience with the job stuff. No, you share a lot of stuff. You share your culture, you share your personal life, you share your experience, you share your difficulties. It gives you a lot more confidence that at least someone is listening to you. It gives you a backup. Yeah, I can imagine it's incredible once you really meet cultures and you hear directly from people instead of just the media. Um, Aksa, to end this podcast, I have one last question for you. Can you summarize how this experience, this internship, the seven-month internship in Egypt made you feel in one sentence? It was incredible. Beyond incredible. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It was incredible beyond incredible. I love this. I love this sentence. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today, Aksa, to, to share your experience, share your learnings and how this experience in Egypt shaped you as a person and um, uh, your, your professional life back in Pakistan. Okay, thank you. Um, so I wish you all the best. Again. 
for having me on board and letting people hear about my experience and uh, letting me on board for like people listening to what I've got and it was really honorable for me it was really an honor for me like sharing my experience with you thank you so much for that too I'm very I'm very glad well thank you very much and bye 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 thank you for listening to the whole episode I hope you were able to take something out of it if you're curious what an Isaac experience could look like for you, make sure to contact your local Isaac office or just sign up on Isaac.org and let them get in touch with you. As always, if you have any questions or if you want to share some feedback with me or other thoughts, make sure to get in contact with me. As always, you can find all links in the show notes. If you like this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends and family. That would mean a lot to me. Until then, have a great day and talk to you next episode.